0: Glad we had this chance to come together to worship God and uh, just to be a part of the body of Christ. I want to say thank you so much to uh, our Hilltoppers and Silver Threads for um, letting us college students have such a fun time Friday night and get to know you a lot better. We, we really enjoyed it and we're looking to the next time. I had a couple of people ask me if we are going to do it this Friday. I'm sorry, but you're going to have to wait a whole other year for us to do it again. But we'll make sure that we have some more good food and good fellowship with one another. But I did want to say th- thank you very much. For allowing us to have that time. Uh, before we begin our pray, uh, our lesson, let's pray together. Oh Lord our God, we thank you so much for this day. We Thank you for the chance that we can come here to worship you, to learn more about your word. And Father, we ask that you'll be with the church represented here, that everywhere we go, everything we do and everything we say, that we'll glorify you. And Father, we ask that you'll be with us as we go into this time of study, that Uh, We'll search through your word and find out what we need to do as Christians in the body of Christ so that we can take your word to all this world, but how can we grow together and glorify you in everything we do? And Father, we ask that you'll be with us. Lift this prayer to you that your son Jesus, our Savior, amen. I truly am blessed to be a part of the congregation here. Uh, Dalreda has so many great things going for it. Uh, You can see God being glorified through so many different works, so many different opportunities. I'm always encouraged by the time I get to sit in with the elders and the deacons And one of the meetings that we just had. I'm encouraged to sit around with a group of men uh, that love God and they love the church. And they want to see souls come to God, souls turn back to God. And they want to see this church grow, not just in number, but in knowledge and in love and care and I want to say to each person that was in that group, but also the ones represented here, I, I do respect you so much. You have, you have helped me in my Christian life and in my walking. You have encouraged me in times that I have felt low. Uh, and I want to talk about tonight just a couple of things. How can we be better in the church that we have today? Um, where do we belong? You look at it, everybody seeks a place to belong to. Um, one of the roughest times for me is when I would go in the first day of school. Uh, I remember, I mean, all the way from kindergarten, coming in and thinking, all right, who am I going to sit next to? Do I have any friends in this class? Am I going to have anybody to hang out with? What am I going to do during recess? Do I have a friend group? And, you know, Am I, am I going to have somebody that I can talk to? We all can relate to the fact that we want to belong. Uh, that's one of the great things we have about the church, is we have somewhere that we can belong, something that we can fight for, something that we can stand up for, uh, when everybody may not see it the same way that we do. We need to take pride in what we have here in this room, the church that is represented here. It's a church that stands on the Word of God. And it's something that each one of us contributes to. Paul speaks about this in 1 Corinthians chapter 3. He says, you know what, as you're going through, you present the gospel, and he says you can put the seed in somebody. Then, you know, maybe somebody else will come along and, and they'll water it, but it's only God that gives the increase. He goes on, he describes it, he says, you know what, you are God's building, you are God's field. Uh, You need to see how you contribute to it. He says, you look at the church. He says, I've come in and I've laid the foundation, and there's no other foundation beside that, which is Christ. You look at the name that we have out front, the name that we follow. uh, It's not just a a name on the sign. it is what we represent. We are the body of Christ. We are the gathering. We are the church of Christ. That is who we hold to. That is our head. That is who we answer to. Paul says that is the only foundation. We answer to Christ. So we understand that. That's what the church here at Dalreda was built on is the foundation of Christ. But then what? That's just a foundation. How did we get to where we are now? How do we get to the church that is represented here? He says you look at what you have contributed to the church. He says each person adds to it. Whether you know it or not, you add to what the church is here. He says, so therefore, be careful how you add to it. What do you add? He says, some people may come in and they build with straw or clay or precious stones or gold or or, or metals. He says, you look at what you contribute to the church. Each one of us needs to look back on the time that we have here and see what are we adding to the church? Are we building it up? Are we adding firm foundations uh, that we are going higher and higher? We know that we are living stones and we build up the body of Christ in everything that we do. So look at the work. Uh, what are you adding to the church? He says, there will be a time where it, it'll all be tested. And he says, what will stand? What you have contributed to the church, will it stand on the day of judgment? And, and you look back on the good works. And I want to look at tonight, how can we do it better? Let's go to the Romans chapter 12. I'm going to start reading in verse 3. It says, for by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment. The one who teaches in his teaching, the one who exhorts in his exhortation, the one who contributes in generosity, the one who leads with zeal, the one who does acts of mercy with cheerfulness. You have something you can do in this church. Everyone has a place. Everyone has an action. Everybody has something they can do to contribute to the body of Christ, whether you are represented here or the church as a whole. Uh, all over the United States, all over the world, you were adding to the church and the example that it stands for. What are, you, what are you contributing to it? Not everybody would seek to stand up here and present a lesson. Uh, I've always respected preachers and the ability to, to get up and speak. I get nervous every time I do it. And the fact that I want to make sure that, I, that I'm building on the church here, that what I present. But there's other avenues where I may not want to stand up here. As you saw a couple of nights ago when I did uh, two songs for the devotional, that was probably the scariest time I've had in many, many years. Uh, that's not where I contribute. Um, but I had to do it, and I can say that I did it, and I'm sure I'll have to do it more. Um, Bob is smiling because I'm sure he'll put me to work on that. That's something that I personally need to work on. But you know where you, you stand. You know what you contribute to. As you go down the little kid's hallway here, the, the living walls, and you see ladies and gentlemen teaching these young children, ones that are growing up in this world with all the sin, with all the pain, with people that don't want to serve God. They are being trained right now in the opportunities that we have to learn how to be better Christians. And you know where they're looking, for example? Number one, in the Word of God. And that's one of the things that I'm so excited that we stand on here at Dalreta is the Word of God, which is our foundation, Christ Jesus. But they're looking to you as an example. They are constantly looking up to you, whether you are their teacher or they come in here during Kids Sing. And they go back out. They are looking to you as an example in every single part. When services are over, they they see parents getting together, discussing, uh, praying together, uh, holding each other. Whatever it takes to further the body of Christ, you see kids learning it from a young age. And they are looking to you. They are looking to us as examples of what are we doing? What is the goal that we are setting? What are we adding to? Because they will then follow and do the same thing. He says you have an ability, uh, whether it's teaching, whether it's exhorting. I I am so encouraged by the cards that I get on on numerous occasions. Uh, They just uh, appear randomly. Um, I've tried to keep every single card that I've gotten since I've come to college. Um, which my mom sends out numerous ones. Uh, I know when I get a card from mom because it's just full of stickers. She, she loves to do that, and I know when I get in the mail in the mail, and I always smile, but I know the times I've gotten cards from you and how encouraged I am, and you have helped me, and, and I have them that I can go back and look at. Uh, some of you are encouragers. That's where you thrive. That is what you do, that you go and find people. You see somebody that's maybe missing here, and you go and say, I've missed you. Or you see somebody that's really struggling, you can just read all over their face and you go and say, what can I do for you? I can tell that you're upset. I can tell something is going on. You are encouragers. You have a purpose here in this church. I don't want anybody to feel like they don't belong because we all search after something that we can belong to, a close community. You look at when the church first was established. Uh, On the day of Pentecost when 3,000 souls came together. But then there were more that were added. They were trying to find places where they could meet together. And you read through the book of Acts, you see them meeting in Solomon's portico. They wanted to learn more. It's this huge area that they could all gather in. And Peter would constantly go and encourage them. But they were looking for people they could get closer to. And that's the story of Acts, is how did they get closer and closer? You see that they did everything they possibly could for one another. They encouraged each other. Maybe it was that they saw somebody in need. They would go and sell something so they could go and help somebody out. You saw the church was getting closer. But when uh, Acts chapter 8 comes along, when they are persecuted, they then scatter. And then the church didn't die out. Gamaliel, one of the wise teachers in the Jewish law at that time. Uh, there was a, a dispute that was going on in Acts 4 and 5. And you could see that uh, as the apostles are coming through and teaching, that they were teaching Christ. And it didn't agree with the Jewish law. And you see Gamaliel, this wise man at this time, and he looks up and, and people are saying, we just need to stone them. We need to persecute them because, you know, they are teaching against Moses and, and the law. And Gamaliel says, hold on, you put them out for a second. We need to talk. He says, remember, we've had certain people rise up. Uh, there have been people here that have had a, a, a leading, a following. And he says, you know what? When persecution came, he said they were dispersed and they went away. He says, if this is of man, it will fail. And you see the church, although they went through persecution, it wasn't made of man because when they went and dispersed, you see churches, groupings of people gathering together and, and fellowshipping. And, and you see it now because we're sitting in a group of the same thing, that although they were close together on the day of Pentecost, when persecution came, they just didn't fizzle out and say, I don't want to be a part of it anymore. They took hold of them. and they said, you know what, I'm taking it in my hometown. I'm taking it here. And they had people that would go around and encourage those churches. You would see people rising up. What are you doing with the church? We, we need to encourage each other more that, uh, that we have something so great when we're on this world. We have the kingdom of God. This is what the church is. We have the kingdom. We have the fellowship, the grouping of God. And we need to build on it every chance that we get. How can we do it more? Let's go to Ephesians chapter 4. Starting in verse 15 and 16, Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every, in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, and from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. I want to share some scriptures with you tonight. Uh, they speak it better than I do about where do we belong and what do we need to be doing. And it's based off of this concept here, how can we grow and nourish together and, and build up one another in love. Let's go to the Titus chapter 1. The church was established with Christ being the head. But then there, there are certain ways that it was supposed to be organized. You look at the pastoral epistles. You look at First uh, and Second Timothy and Titus. And you look at the way that Paul is telling them, this is what you need to take to each one of the churches. He says, I- I'm sending you out with a mission. And this is the way that each one of them should look. And, and they-, they say the same thing. I'm starting in Titus chapter 1 and verse 5. This is why I left you in Crate, so that you might put what remained into order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. If anyone is above reproach, the husband of one wife, And his children are believers, and not open to the charge of debauchery or insubordination. For an overseer, as God's steward, must be above reproach. He must not be arrogant, or quick-tempered, or a drunkard, or violent, or greedy for gain, but hospitable, a lover of good, self-controlled, upright, holy, and disciplined. He must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught, so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine, and also to rebuke those who contradict it. I think you can join in with me and say how blessed we are to have the group of elders that we do. They truly care for the congregation. They care for the flock that is here, and you can see it. Um, From our retreat that we had uh, a while back when I first came in, not knowing a bunch of the men here, uh, knowing some of their backgrounds, some of their uh, situations, but seeing them talk about the church, and this goes from the elders all the way down to the deacons, the, the men presented there, you see how much they cared about the church as they wept for certain situations. I am blessed, and so are you, to have these group of men that I look up to personally, that I know I can go to at any time. And you look at the way that the Bible has set standards. And each one of these men follow it as much as they possibly can. And this is their goal, because they care about God first. And they care about your souls. And so I'm truly thankful for them. But let's keep on reading some more. Let's flip to 1 Timothy Chapter 3. Another group that we have, we have the elders overseeing the, the, the flock here, but we also have ones that are helping them. We have 1 Timothy chapter 3, starting in verse 8. Deacons likewise must be dignified, not double-tongued, not addicted to much wine, not greedy for dishonest gain. They must hold the mystery of the faith with a clear conscience, and let them also be tested first, then let them serve as deacons, if they prove themselves blameless. Their wives likewise must be dignified. Not slanders, but sober-minded, faithful in all things. Let deacons each be the husband of one wife, managing their children and their own households well. For those who serve well as deacons gain a good standing to themselves and also great confidence in the faith that is in Christ Jesus. You look at the men that we have that have taken on the goal of being deacons. You may not see all of them. You may not see where their hands reach, the the situations that they are in, the, the great works that they are doing, but know that they are there and you know their works. That's why they're in the positions that they are. They have seen a goal. They have seen a need and they are trying to fulfill it. And I'm thankful because you see the church get closer. You see needs being met because these men say, I see it and I want to follow it and I want to make sure it gets done. God has put certain leaders in for a reason and we have them here. And I'm thankful because those men have become great examples to me. Uh, the same as the elders that I know that they have become some of my best friends. And I'm learning from them. And I'm following to, to walk in their footsteps. You see them in the way they work on it, but what about the rest? Where does uh, everybody else fit in? Let's go back to Titus chapter 2. I'm going to start in verse 1. But as for you, as he's speaking to Titus here, and telling him, he said, this is the order, this is the pattern, this is what you set up in every place. But as for you, teach what accords with sound doctrine. He says, you can take this to the bank. This is sound doctrine. This is what God wants. This is how he wants it established. Older men are to be sober-minded, dignified, self-controlled, sound in faith, in love, and in steadfastness. Says the older men. Uh, you are setting an example to us younger ones. In everything that you do, we, we hear the things that you say. We take wisdom from you. Uh, the times that I've sat in Bible classes and, and I've heard you speak up and, and seen your wisdom from experience. Uh, I, I've seen the way that uh, you have functioned within your family. The examples that you have set. You are setting an example not just for me, but I know that it's going to everybody else. Men, we have an obligation that people are looking to us. We know, looking into the scriptures, the obligation that we have with our families. And that we should stand up and be the leaders. But keep on reading. Verse 3. Older women, likewise, are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to much wine. They are to teach what is good. And so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. Every person has an obligation to build and set an example here. Uh, you look at our teens. Look at our college group. Uh, ones that are learning how to, how to function in life, in society, in society, but also in the church. We each need to take the obligation to train as many people as possible. Paul is telling Timothy, he says, You preach the word and you take it to sound men so that they can go and teach it to more sound people. That is the way that God works. Christ came in, he took the word of God. The things that God told him to speak, he then gave it to the apostles. The apostles gave it to the disciples. The disciples went and and took it to the church. The church went and spread it to the entire world, and here we sit today. The word of God is passed through people. But not just the words in this book, but also our actions. Are we showing the love of God to everybody we possibly can? Are we showing uh, what God has done for us? We each have an, o- an obligation, so how are we going to do it? Let's share some more verses together. Let's go to 1 Peter. 1 Peter chapter 3, starting in verse 1. Likewise, wives, be subject to your own husbands, so that even if some do not obey the word, they may be won without a word by the conduct of their wives. When they see your respectful and pure conduct, Do not let your adorning be external, the braiding of hair, the wearing of gold, or the putting on of clothing, but let your adorning be the hidden person of the heart, with the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which in God's sight is very precious. For this is how the holy women who hoped in God used to adorn themselves by submitting to their husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord, and you are her children, If you do good and do not fear anything that is frightening, likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the women as the weaker vessel, since they are heirs with you of the grace of life, so that your prayers may not be hindered. You look at our world and the teachings that they have. You look at how every one in two families goes through divorce. I know specific examples that are going on in this congregation of ones that have come through a, a divorce. Uh, ones that have experienced at some point. The world teaches that it's okay. The, the world teaches that you can give up. But we are setting an example of the way that God wants it to be done. And you, and you see his scriptures. There's not much that I can add to it because the, God says it through his inspiration of what we need to do. And this is our goal. Following scripture as closely as possible, the way that we work with one another, and the examples that we set at all times. Go back to Titus chapter 2. So we pick up reading. Uh, verse 6 Likewise, urge the younger men to be self controlled. Show yourself in all respects to be a model of good works, and in your teaching, show integrity dignity and sound speech that cannot be condemned so that an opponent may be put to shame having nothing evil to say about us our goal in our personal lives and the ones that we train the, the children that are the part of the church here is that nobody can have something negative to say about the church because if we are showing christ in everything that we do they can see christ and they can see the example that they need to follow and it goes even down to our children. The ones that are present here, I see them come up that sit on the, the front rows as they do kids sing. They sing songs and, and they, they quote scripture that I can't quote myself. Uh, and, and I look at them as examples and all the things that they are learning in their classes. And they come here and, and they show them. How awesome is that? How awesome is it to see children trying to learn the word of God, learn concepts they can go and take to their schools, take to their friends and live a better life that they then as small children can be examples to everyone around them. And you see it come out when we have VBS, don't you? Because those kids, they go and bring as many people as they possibly can. They have visitors that are just huge numbers that come in. You see the ones that are members of the church here. But when they bring those guests in, the pews are just filled. And people are coming in, and then those kids—you know what they do? They go and bring their parents. Kids have a strong influence in our lives, in the examples that they set. Uh, Timothy did it, and Paul encouraged him. Go to First Timothy, chapter four, starting in verse eleven. Command and teach these things. Let no one despise you for your youth, but set the believers an example in speech, in conduct in love, in faith, and in purity. You know, I've heard this scripture a lot, and it's always in the back of my mind. You know, don't let anybody despise you for your youth. You know, and we encourage our kids the, the same way. Uh, I love seeing the kids get up here. Uh, the ones that can barely see over the, um, the thing up here, and they're just up on their tippy toes because they, they want to sing. Uh, they want to share God's word, and you see that. How encouraging is it? It's encouraging to me, and it makes me feel guilty that I'm not doing it more. They have a strong influence. And I look at them, and don't be ashamed of your youth. You can, they can accomplish a great example. But he says, you set an example to the believers. As in us, as older ones, we are looking down on their example and the things that they have learned, the things they are going through, and they, they make me want to be better. They really do. Uh, They send such a great example to me. Don't you see everybody has a function? Everybody has somewhere that we can belong. We are all adding to the church here. There's the foundation, which is Christ. That is our base. But then where do we go from there? What is it that we add to? Uh, We know that we can incorporate a lot of good works. There's a lot of great things that we can do, but we need to function as a body, as a church, helping one another through every situation in life, being a great example to the ones that are lost, being a great example to the ones that don't know truth, sharing the scriptures, teaching Christ, Being a Christian, we each contribute to the church. So what are we adding to it? Let's go back to Titus. Titus chapter 3. I'm going to pick up where Joey left off. I'm going to read verses 1 and 2 along with him. It says, Remind them to be submissive to rulers and authorities, to be obedient, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to avoid quarreling, to be gentle, and to show perfect courtesy towards all people. For we ourselves were once foolish, disobedient, led astray, slaves to various passions and pleasures, passing our days in malice and envy, hatred by others, and hating one another. He says that was our past. That's what we used to do. That was our story. Is that found in the church here? He says that was the past. That's what used to go on. Is it happening now? As Paul's going through he's teaching Titus. He says, look, this is what you look for in the church. He said, you find people that fit this criteria as he's speaking to the elders. And as Paul contributes through Timothy, he says, this is the people that represent deacons. He said, find the ones with that ability, that desire, and you make sure they do it. But he says, you then look into the church. He says if there's any divisions, if there's any problems, he says you make sure that it gets straight. Every New Testament book that you read through, you see that there are corrections and there's also encouragement. Sometimes Paul would call somebody out as they're reading through the letter and they read it before the congregation. He would throw two names in there of maybe some ladies that were disagreeing. I can only imagine sitting there and my name being called and thinking, I do need to get myself right. And as Paul's reading through here, as he's writing to Titus, he says, you look for these things. And he says, this is what the church should look like. This is what the body of Christ looks like, that when it is building on the foundation, which is Christ, he says, you make sure people are building on it with the right stuff. Make sure that we are contributing to one another and to God. So where do you fit in to all of this? Each person belongs. Every person has an ability. Every person has a talent and you know what yours is, you know where your strengths are, and you know where your weaknesses are, so what are you doing with them? I want to encourage you to find a place, to find a desire. If it is yours to, uh, to encourage the, the younger ones. Maybe you want to teach a class on how to be more dignified, or how to be a, a, a better father, or a better mother. You find somewhere that you can belong. If you want to encourage more, if you want to give more, if you want to teach, if you want to this or that, there's a place for you. And I want to encourage you to do that. I've showed you scripture tonight. Let them speak. If you look in your life and you've seen certain things have come in that that have kept you away from the body of Christ, you need to remove them. Like Paul was saying here, he says, you know, you used to do this. You used to be full of anger and malice and strife. And and he goes to the big list. Is that your current story? Is that what you're struggling with? Because if it is, get it out. You don't need it. Because it's building to the church in the wrong way. And it's taking you further and further away from God. If you need encouragement, the body of Christ is here to help you. Maybe you want to be a part of the body of Christ. Maybe you want to be added to this great, uh, this great group of people that we have. And it's not just the ones represented here. It's the ones that are universal. The church that Christ bought with his own blood. And the only way to get into it is through Christ. And you can be united with him in the watery graves of baptism. Giving your life over to him removing sin and following him the right way, if that's what you need to do, you make it happen tonight so that you can be a part of the body so that when this world is over, you can stand before God and hear him say, enter in my good and faithful servant.